This week on Talking Back, we finish our Day Tripper Breakdown. Talking Back. Guess what, Dean? What? It is extremely hot in the studio again today. So hot when you go... Uh out of the studio? Yes. You can you, the wave of cold air hits you. That's what happened. We took a break. We left the studio and realized that the real world is a lot cooler than the studio. You don't realize you're sweating buckets until you hit no. regular air. And I am. I am. And we're doing an afternoon <laughs> podcast today to try to beat the heat. And it's still not really working. Still get to us. So that's, that's still happening. And shut it down for the summer. Yeah, I don't know. Get some air conditioners on order or something. Yeah, who knows? Uh, all right. Well, we're we're halfway through the book. Let's mm-hmm. carry on. We're at chapter six now. Uh, what do we got here? We got well, a plane crashing. Yes. At sort of at this point, um, we kind of know how this goes, right? Yeah, we know the formula. Yeah, we know the formula. So what do they do? They trip us up a bit. And we don't start on Bross or anyone we know. Right. We sort of just start on a trucker who's in a diner eating. He's tired, but, you know, he's popping pills and drinking beer. So apparently that's going to keep him awake. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we get sort of a flashback to a month earlier and there's a plane crash. Yeah. So because there's a plane crash, Bras is responsible for writing a lot of obituaries here yeah this is kind of a sort of a devastating moment yeah. when his boss tells him there's been a plane crash go now like go to it and he says why would i go cover a plane crash and he says well you're going to be writing all those obituaries aren't you yeah and it's like ooh, yeah like now he gets to relate his job to actually the point of death actually when those people die mm-hmm. um, so he's going there so that he can sort of be in contact with anyone there about Maybe their family members, maybe... Yeah, he get any info he can get from them. Any info he can get about what happened in that moment. But what we find out is that he thinks Jorge might be on that plane, might have been on yeah. that plane. Yeah. Or he was supposed to be on that plane or, or was traveling back He knew Jorge was coming day. from that location on that day. Yeah, so he's worried and he can't call, he can't get a hold of Jorge. No, he's trying either. to call him and it's just going to voicemail. So very, very distraught and... It's been it's it's a few days and he still doesn't hear from Jorge, mm-hmm. so he, he's he's just he's writing these obituaries. He, he starts writing the obituaries because he has to, he has to do his job. Yeah, he he thinks that his job is not really that important because Jorge is if Jorge is gone, like if he was one of the ones that died, like what does this job matter? What what does it matter? like? I'm just doing this this job that I got into and didn't even want to be here and who cares about obituaries. And his boss kind of tells him like, there's, there's sons and daughters and friends who want to know about these people. They need closure. And you actually bring them that by writing about this, by writing this obituary. Like your job is important right now, like especially now. So don't throw that aside. You need to write these obituaries. And what happens by writing them is that, he says every dead person he writes about, he's writing about Jorge. Yeah. And he thinks Jorge is dead and every obituary he's writing, he's got that weighing down on him. And what happens is his obituaries are better than ever. Yeah, he writes his best stuff. He's finally got some heart in it. Yeah. And what's coming out is is just fantastic work. Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up actually finding out that Jorge wasn't on the plane. Yeah. 
Jorge was on the next plane. Jorge eventually calls him. Eventually calls him and and, yeah. and explains that that was just such a rough near death experience for him that it kind of it broke him down. Yeah. It it freaked him out and it broke him down. Yeah. And he decided just to f off. Yeah. He's like, well, what? Kind of like, what does a job matter? I almost died. Yeah. What does so, this? What does anything matter? Yeah. So he 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 took off. I mean, it took yeah. him like four or five days just to call his best friend and let him know he was okay. Yeah. Uh, so he was very very deeply affected by this. Yeah. Uh, and he ca- he calls Bross and tells him that he's never coming back. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Bross uh, is a very good friend. He sets out to Rio to try right. to find Jorge and, yeah. and you know talk to him and figure out you know what what's going on. He's got to go. He's got to go get him because he's alive and he knows yeah. he's in a tough spot and he needs his friend. He wants to help his friend out. Yeah. His best friend. So he decides to uh, get in his car and drive drive to Rio. And what ends up happening is the semi-driver from the beginning, yeah, who's been drinking, um, I don't remember if he falls asleep at the wheel he or falls something. Asleep, yeah. He falls asleep at the wheel yeah. and gets in a car accident with yeah. Braz. Yeah. And Braz is again killed. Yeah. So kind of the main chapter. portion of that chapter, I think, is that his obituaries like his work that he's doing really matters and if he can put his if he can put 100% into the thing that he's doing he all of a sudden was getting noticed right like he, he needed the emotional connection yeah to to his job yes to, to do it yes right? he was he already had a job writing but he was just thought of it as a job mm-hmm. but as soon as he put that emotional connection into as he he thought every obituary he was writing was was Jorge's that's when his writing became great and everyone was praising. And he was actually bringing all this comfort to this, to all these families. I thought that was really interesting Yeah. for, for both the boss and the wife says eventually like, you're the one until they see that in the paper, they just feel lost. They feel they like, they don't, they don't know what happened or about this person's life. It comes, it kind of comes back to what they say all the time. You don't really know you lived a life until you died. Mm-hmm. That's when you know, Oh, I had a life. Because then they say everything about your life in an obituary. Not until the end point is it a complete product. Mm-hmm. Do you have a life? Not until you have a death. Uh, I think we forgot to mention, but he was 33 in that chapter. Right, so a year after we opened. So that that was chapter 6, or book 6. I'm yep. calling them chapters, but uh, book 7, he's 38. He's 38, and so he's written his book. He's written his book. So this is... A few years before he has his baby, and a few years before his father passes away, so, yeah. so three years—three years before both of those happen. Yeah, and he's—I I love this opening on the plane where everyone's coming up and getting his autograph, and he says this really neat thing where he says that people, when you're famous, people think they know you. They think they know you just because they've been thinking about you, and they read your stuff, and so. They feel they don't talk. They don't come and talk to you with like preliminary questions. They don't talk to you like someone who just met you talks to you. They yeah. talk to you and go straight for the deep stuff because yeah. they think they know you. They think you're best friends. That's right. Which they is think. really yeah, makes you think that oh he put his emotion into this book. If right. they're reading this book and coming up to him and just getting right down to the business like like they know him, he maybe put that same emotion that he's putting into those obituaries into this book. Yeah, and that's what made it finally successful. Yeah. Well, it's. It is five years after the previous book where he, you know, essentially lost his best friend. Yeah. 
Uh, but he receives a postcard from Jorge yeah. in this book. So five years later, after not really hearing from him. Yeah, he gets not a, hearing from it at all, yeah. Yeah, gets a postcard. And he, like, the, the postcard I really like in this uh, in this chapter because you just see the front of it first. Yes. And then he's sort of traveling to the places. First he travels to the place the postcard was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's sort of traveling around and he's looking for Jorge. And and he's decided see... to go and f- try to find him. Yeah. This is the only contact he's had. Yeah. So he, you know, talks to his wife about it and she's kind of against it. Um, doesn't re- doesn't understand why he needs to go. Yeah. Uh, but he says that, you know, he, he has to. He yeah. says he has to go. Maybe you can pull it up in the book there, but he says something like he he has to know. He has to know what's happening yeah. with Jorge or where he's at or he's going to die thinking about it or something like that. Yeah, hey, that, that's or almost die, exactly die it. Die worrying about yeah, it. Yeah, here, I'll read it for you. I have it right here. Um, so his wife says, even if you do find him, what are you going to do? He said, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing I can do. But if I don't go, I'll never know, and that's going to kill me. There you go. And at that point, you see this when he says that's going to kill me. You see the other side of the postcard, yeah. which all it says is, "I can't do it without you, Jay." Right. Um, that's it. Yeah. So he's he's got to go. He's compelled to go. Yeah. So, like you said, you can continue on with your breakdown of it. Uh, yeah. So then he sort of continues to um, look for him, and he actually it kind of hard cuts to him finding this woman or I guess this woman finding him who was actually the one who sent the postcard. She just found the postcard and sent it to him. And, uh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. So she makes a lot of sense though. Yes. It makes a lot of sense with coming up in a couple pages. Um, and she takes him to the last couple spots that Jorge's been and then points in the direction where he's been seen leaving. Yeah, so I guess they they talk a little bit too about Jorge's deterioration where he was there. He was very well liked Mm -hmm. on the island. He had lots of friends. He was renting someone's place and then ran out of money. Ran out of money and they gave him an eviction notice and then he didn't leave. And a month later they threw him out and then he just, it sounded like it's a bit of a, just a a fall. That he, he, was, found, that he, he was yeah, having. He found like some hut that was being teared down and that's like where he was staying. And then like, I guess eventually it got teared down too much. And so he left and that's where she said sort of, oh, I, he went that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bross just decides, okay, well, I gotta, I, I'm here. I gotta keep looking for him. Um, sounds like he's not in good shape. So he takes a walk up the beach until he finds like a little grass hut. Um, and he walks in and there's, there's Jorge and not looking great. Um, no. Mumbling to himself. Mumbling to himself, asking, did you get my postcards? Mm-hmm. And that's where Bross looks at the ground, and there's just postcards all over the place. Yeah. So he hadn't sent any of them. Yeah. Um, so this woman had just found one and then yeah. sent it. Yeah. Um, but he sort of realizes that, you know, Jorge must be in rough shape because he's asking if you got my postcards, but all he was doing was writing them and throwing them on the ground. So he said, oh, yeah, I got them all. I got all your postcards. Let's get out of here. Like, let's let's go back home. You don't need to do this. And Jorge tells him that it's too late for that. And he pulls out a knife and starts cutting his own wrists. Yeah. And then turns that knife on, on Bras. Because he uh, that's what I can't do it without you meant. He was so happy to see... Well, happy. He was so relieved, maybe, to see his friend show up in his grass hut. Because it meant, oh, now I can kill myself. I think he couldn't do it. Yeah. He couldn't kill himself without Bras there. Yeah. And I don't know what... 
what's behind that. No, this is a tough. This for me was a this tough chapter. Yeah, this stomach. one was tough. tough. I don't really. I don't get the angle. Like unless it's just a very selfish thing for Jorge to do, which maybe it is. Um, just sort of like uh, I'll do it, but I'm he's coming with me because he's my friend. Yeah, I don't know if it was if it was that if it was that he wanted to kill his friend as well, or if he needed his friend there so he could kill himself. Like he couldn't actually bring himself. Yeah. To kill himself without Braz being there as well. And I, yeah. I don't know which one it is, but yeah, he turned the knife on Braz and stabbed Braz in the chest. Yeah. And then we, we see them both lying there on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jorge's got the knife in his chest. So yeah. it looks like he stabbed Braz and then either stabbed himself or yeah. in the struggle got stabbed. But This is the one where we see two bodies lying on the ground, though. This is the closest we've ever been to yeah. seeing Braz actually dead. Yeah. No denying that he got stabbed in the torso. Jorge is clearly dead because the knife is like in his in his heart. Yeah. And what I find interesting about this one is Jorge doesn't appear in any of the stories past this age. So So Jorge died here. Jorge, I they think this happens. Jorge dies here, whether Braz did or not. Yeah. He was there for this happening. And yes. his best friend killed himself in front of him. Yeah. And again, it's completely possible that Braz suffered a stabbing and Maybe. survived it. Yeah. it there's very, there's very no possible, yeah. there's no denying that that's, that's a possibility. Yeah. But that this was a very a very strange book. This is a tough to one. have Jorge yeah. who's been his best friend up to this point just turn on him. Turn yeah. on him like that. Yeah. It was unsettling was i mean he's in rough sorts yeah it was yeah and when, with the with my thoughts for overall theme this one this one didn't work with it's a tough lot. i know it doesn't this work with a lot kind of had i was trying to pigeonhole into different areas yeah. but i really couldn't couldn't initially figure it out yeah but i think eventually everything makes sense and we'll, we'll talk about that once we get through the story we'll talk about yeah. our ideas on um some of the more interesting parts of this yeah book but that takes us past book book seven and on to book eight. He's 47. This is the oldest we've seen him? Or has he been... Uh, no, this is the oldest we've seen him. This, this is the is oldest, the oldest his son's him. been, for sure. So he's 47. Yeah. This is a, this is another tough one. Um, yeah, this was this was tough. So this one this one is an interesting one because Bross isn't in this book. Not at all. At all. Yeah. We don't we don't see him. He's he's away. And this chapter focuses on his wife, Anna, and his son, Miguel, Yeah, but while here, he's gone. Here's what's interesting. You don't see him, but you feel him, right? You feel his impact on the family. You feel his impact on the family. And also, you almost feel like he's narrating it. Yeah, and there's lots of little cues from him throughout. So he's leaving yeah. notes on the fridge that yeah. Anna will read. Uh, he's sending her loving emails that she'll yeah. read. He's left her loving voice mails. Yeah. That's kind of her side of it is she's getting these small communiques from him with yeah. him just kind of swooning over her and telling her how much he loves her. And Miguel, he, Miguel is six years old here and he just idolizes Ross. For sure. And he just is so excited that he just thinks his dad, as six-year-olds do, think he thinks his dad is a superhero yeah. right and he's so excited about his dad yeah and but his, his dad is famous and his dad is traveling yeah and doing book tours um so he actually doesn't see him a lot so there's interesting part at, at, at school where 
Um, he's kind of waiting to be picked up and the kids come up to him and say, oh, what a daddy forget to pick you up. He doesn't even like you. Um, and then they start sort of list, listing things he's like, oh, you never, he never even wrote a book about you. And another kid says like, my dad lets me watch any movie. It's like just weird things to say about, but that things they know about their fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, one other kid says me and my father have the same name. Like, and he just doesn't even really know about his father that much like he doesn't know what movies would my father you know let me watch and so Mm -hmm. then later when he's watching the lion king and his mom's like oh turn that off you got to go to bed he's like oh dad would let me watch it like he's just saying something that a kid said to him yeah just to be like oh i dad would let me do it right um because he doesn't know he doesn't know what would dad let me do and he's gone yeah but it was uh yeah you mentioned the movie he's watching the lion king and it's a little (laughs) foreshadowing because it's the scene where Totally. You know, um, Mufasa. Mufasa is, is dying and Simba's yeah. right there trying to talk to him as he's dying. Totally. So the frequent com- communications from Braz in this chapter, yeah. they suddenly go silent. Yeah. And Anna hasn't heard from him for a few days. Yeah. And there's there's a moment in here where he calls and she's late to pick up yes. her he son. It's like it's her. a storm. Yeah. Um and she, she needs phone yeah she needs water. to exactly she needs to pick up her son so she's like okay well i'll deal with that later she's actually yeah. a little bit mad at him for mm-hmm. not being around to pick up the son she's yeah. a little mad she's got to do everything um so she doesn't pick up the phone worries about the son and then drops the phone in the water so mm-hmm. there's gonna be no message she can listen to yeah. and so she's just checking her email this is like one, one thing i didn't get until sort of this read through that's why she's always checking her email yeah because she doesn't have the, the cell phone mm-hmm. connection anymore so she's like oh well maybe he tried to email me because he's done that in the past yeah um yeah but no no response from him yeah so she does get a phone call at work and it's from the hospital yeah and we don't hear the conversation but you just get you get the look on her face and you understand Something terrible has happened. Well, they cut straight to the typewriter the in empty, a dark room. Yeah, empty typewriter. Nobody yeah. at the typewriter. So you kind of get it. Yeah. And then so they sort of pan over the house and it's all dark and no one's there. Yeah. Whereas he, like, I feel like I had the feeling he was still around. Like with those notes he left yeah. around in the house, it's like his presence was still like the in the house. Was house. Still alive. It was still alive. And then it just cuts to like darkness and things are open and, you know, the wind is swaying things. Like it's it just nothing. There's no life in it anymore. Yeah, we get a, uh, some sad moments at the end of this one. Yeah, uh, Miguel is forced to go to career day, which he was looking forward to bringing his father to. He has to go alone. Yeah, and just reads the last letter that his father wrote to him. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah, and then we get uh, Anna lying on the couch alone, and yeah. uh, Miguel comes up just to give her a hug. Yeah. And they have a new puppy. Yeah. And again, just the colors in this. Um, mm-hmm. So dark when she's lying on the couch by herself. Yeah. They show a shot of the TV. It's just black. But yeah. it's got like kind of outlines of things. So it's on. Mm-hmm. But like she doesn't even know what's going on. She doesn't even see it. She's so dark. Miguel kind of comes around the corner and it lightens up a bit, but it's yeah. still dark. And then they embrace on the final page and the background's just white. Like it's all bright now yeah. um, because there's like, there's still this life. Like you feel so down in these moments but you got this sun still mm-hmm. and like that's the part that uh, that uh, Braz has left for you like he's still there he's still alive in your son yeah it ends it ends almost positive because the look yeah. on her face she's very happy 
Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting. I thought just mm-hmm. that you know she does have that joy in her eyes when Miguel comes out comes out to hug her. That's the end of eight, eight yeah. and on to nine. So nine, we don't have an age. No. Because this whole chapter, the second last chapter, is essentially a dream sequence. Yeah. The entire thing. And he's at home. Um, but his home life it's not doesn't really reflect the chapter before, which yeah. was like reality where it was a really loving, you know, house. Yeah. It's it's a bit rougher than that. They're they're kind of arguing a bit. Yeah. Uh, his boss is angry at him. Yeah. His um, his work is not very good. Uh, yeah, so he's Ross kind of traveling through the different times of his life. Yeah, because he is traveling through different times of his life because like they, they leave little sort of clues to let you know that like where he's when he's at his job, you know, it's he's new at his job because the picture on his desk is Olinda. Olinda, yeah. Um, so it's like it's you know he's kind of getting older and younger, and he looks like, different. He's got like a mustache. Yeah, he's got he's got a mustache. Yeah. yeah. So you know he's. Yeah, traveling through different stages of life and remembering things. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess at least dreaming about things. It's very dreamlike where he just is changing his age and changing his locations. Yeah, so what I what I got out of this one is he's struggling with writing the proper obituaries for people. Like, I think this is a big thing for him where he, he didn't feel like he had the heart to do these obituaries justice. The picture, he's sitting at his desk and the pictures he's looking at for these obituaries are all the people in his story who have died in his life. Yeah. Or, or not, or yet, not even in his, yeah, or in not his life. Even, yeah. So it's, it's his wife. Yeah. Right. Anna, it's Alinda. Yeah. It's his father. It's his mother, yeah. his mother at different ages. Yeah. It's Jorge. Jorge yeah. Uh, and he's, he's feeling burdened that he's not going to be able to write a good obituary for these people, like the people yeah. who are close to him because he feels like he doesn't have the heart to do it. Yeah. Um, we move on to the ranch, the ranch. Yes. Bras yes. is, his father is at the tree Yeah, with his, with him as a child. So Bras is there as a child and Bras is there as an adult and he has a conversation with him. Or is it, is it, I think is it's it Miguel? Yeah, Miguel? it's Miguel. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Miguel. So he's there with Miguel. Because he says, grandpa said, you're going to tell me a story. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and this is, this is, I think, uh, like one of my favorite parts of the book. I love this page and I keep coming back to it to sort of unpack this book and, and sort of get all the yeah. feelings out of it. And so I'm just going to read. Yeah. Um, please, what, please do this yeah. chapter nine and chapter 10 really are big chapters for kind of unfolding the theme yes. of this book. Um, this is, uh, Bras telling sort of the, the story to Miguel. And he says, uh, life is like a book, son, and every book has an end. No matter how much you like that book, you will get to the last page and it will end. No book is complete without its end. And once you get there, only when you read the last words will you see how good the book is. It feels real. And that, I just always come back to that page and what he's saying. Yeah. And I'm always just thinking, oh, wow, they're like, they're really calling their shot with this one. They're really saying like, once you get to the end, you're gonna know that you're gonna know how this book is supposed to make you feel. Yeah. So they're telling um, you, yeah, that that like they're telling they're telling you, you that that's what this book is gonna be. Yeah. You're gonna get it at the end. You're gonna get it at the end, it's make and sense. no matter how much you like it, until you get to that last page, you won't know. You won't have your final um, sort of. You'll have. You won't have the whole picture. You won't have the whole look on it. 
kind of like his obituary writing. Until they die, he doesn't know how that picture looks. Yeah. He doesn't know what to write about until they're actually dead. Yeah. Until um, they get to the end. I read that part over and over again. That one always sticks in my mind. I've, I've read this book many times, and that one is always, no matter what I'm pulling out of the book, that's always crucial. Like, that's always the pivotal page. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, whatever I think is going on in this book, it all comes back to this page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wakes up after that. Well, he starts to, he has a conversation with his father. Oh, yes, right. Just he tells, that. sorry, yes, that's important. And he, he says tells, to his father, yeah. he says, he says, I'm not going to wake up, am I? Mm-hmm. So he realizes he's in a dream. And his father says, no, you're not. But basically tells him that if he wants to keep dreaming, just to picture where he wants to be and read the story until the end. Yeah. So it was a bit weird. I didn't really know what it was. It was weird. Meant. Yeah. He's, he's like, at this point, at this point, I don't know if maybe Braz is is dead. You know, if maybe he right. is dead now. Yeah. Um, from either the last chapter or from any of the previous chapters where he seemingly was killed. Yeah. Because uh, this chapter is different, right? This is finally a different one with a different structure. We're getting him just going through all these, like, going through all the moments, going through all the crazy times. Yeah. And then he realizes it's different, too. He actually yeah. says that in here in the beginning. He's like, something's different about this. This isn't like all the other ones. Something's mm-hmm. different. So I thought reading this in this moment, he's dead now. And if you look at the if you look at the book when he's talking to his father, he looks unlike he has looked in any of the previous chapters. I was trying to look at him Very and old. trying to determine he is older. He's not definitely not a child, uh, but I was trying to determine what point in the book this may have been. Yeah. But it's not a time. No, we haven't seen him look like this before. For sure so not. Yeah, it could even be in the future, right? Yeah. This could be a future moment that we haven't seen yet. Definitely. So then after he has that talk, then you flip and he's in. He's in sort of, well, he, he's in a hospital bed, but he's, he's sort of in his home. Yeah. Which is possible. I mean, yeah. you could have like an oxygen tank and stuff in his, in his bed. No, for sure. But he looks yeah. like, he looks like he could be dead. Like he's yeah. all, he's definitely, he's all white and in white. He's very old. Yeah. Old. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing all white. His face is white. His face hair is, is white. white. He looks ghostly. Yeah. He does. He does look ghostly. He gets out of his bed. Yeah. Walks out his front door mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's on the beach. Yeah. And it's all, it's gone from white kind of black and white colors and now it's all colorful again on the beach. Yeah. And there's a typewriter on the beach and he sits down to write his his own obituary. And he says something where he, he starts typing and he says, in my dreams, I'm the writer of my own story. Although I never write about myself, this obituary being the first and last exception. I think it's an interesting point in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, said, and he says his dreams help him to understand where he came from and where he wants to go. Yeah. His dreams tell him who he is. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Yes. So after hearing that, that throws a, like a monkey wrench into this potentially being a straightforward story with Definitely. Yeah. him, even if he was, it is, it's possible that at the end of every chapter, he dies. Yeah. That's possible. It's possible that these are meant to be standalone stories right. with an important situation, life situation happening, and then a death after that. Yeah. That's possible. It's possible he's not dying at the end of these chapters. It's possible that he's being he just gets injured, whatever. And, yeah, but right. he comes back and he the continues. The stuff still happens, but the, he gets the, injured. These events help him to be changed. Be right. changed and be, to become a better writer. Yeah. Without, without understanding the near-death moments himself. Yeah. He can't understand what these people are going through right. or feeling. Right. So he's 
maybe the obituaries at the end of each chapter are him in that moment writing an obituary for himself. Maybe he believes he's going to die. Yeah. Maybe he's just channeling that experience into words and into yeah. into his work. Yeah. But this, with when he brings this whole dreams thing into it, yeah. how much of this is he dreaming? Yeah. Like, is he is he dreaming these moments? Are his dreams driving him to have these like heartfelt thoughts and, and emotions? Yeah. Is that all he needs? Does he just need to go to sleep, have a dream about him dying, and then he can come back changed from that? Right. You know what I mean? Like, are these even all just dreams that he's having at in these times of his life like yeah. not even are they dreams he's having as an old man but are right. they is this Throughout a dream, life the, is this a dream that he dreams. had at 32 that's right and then he was able to change that day are, are pieces of yeah. this story true yeah. and pieces of it dreams yeah or yeah so i was now i was kind of thinking well i thought i had an idea yeah what this story was my my initial my my initial take on this was that he's having a first time experience in his life and that is a moment you can never live again. Yeah. So it's like the death of that moment. Right. So at each point where he has this moment, we see him die, but it's symbolism. Yeah. It's because that person is dead. That and part of him is dead. And now he's a new person. Like right. now he's, he's it's like, yeah. he's cocooned and now come yeah. out of it. Right. A new person. Yeah. That was my, that yeah. was my initial take. Yeah. Which was a great look at the book. That was after my initial read. Yeah. And then upon rereading it, uh, some of the some of the chapters just didn't didn't fit neatly into that box. For sure, so I was yeah. struggling trying to trying to make it fit. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to make something fit. It yeah. should just it should work. If your idea about something is right, kind of all the pieces should kind of fall into place. So for yeah. that for that one it for that take it didn't really it didn't really on the reread. I questioned it. Yeah, I think I think it doesn't fully like it it works because I think this book there's a lot of things that work in this book and that is one that you can think of that that you're that symbolism that you're dying there and you're a new person. But I think as a whole once you get to the last chapter that's not quite the case. Yeah. The last chapter gives you more than that. Yeah. Like it gives you something else. Mm-hmm. So I would say the same thing. I I read it we had talked about this before that take before and I read it this time with that in mind and it it, it holds, um, but I don't think it's like the, it's not the, the end of thing. Be all. Yeah. Yeah. It, when you come to those big pages and those big moments and the big chapter at the end, I think it, it it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not more it, than that. It's more than that. Yeah. 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 So that's I a, was silly to think that that was <laughs> the extent of it. <laughs> you, were, you were so foolish. I was so you foolish. Were so, I was so a, young in I was those like, days. Austin <laughs> <am. laughs> Yeah. Um, I, 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 that's why I think it's very interesting when he says in my dreams I'm the writer of my own story like it's in his dreams he just makes whatever happens at the end so maybe he is dreaming all these things as an old man who is facing death and every time he's dreaming about you know sometimes you dream about a memory you had right you just dream about something that happened maybe he's dreaming about that thing that happened and then oh I'm remembering I'm up against death I'm fearing death oh I died like it, you know, that's kind of how a dream can go sometimes, where you just yeah, something cause, cause something gets in your mind. Well, what's always if he's old and what's always on his mind is that he's, he's dying. Yeah. Right. Um, so no matter what he's dreaming about, yeah, it's all it's ending in death. It's that plus death. Yeah. So that really fits with there's de- definitely the theme of life and death is extremely apparent in this book, yeah. and I mean that makes a ton of sense that he's 
facing death, but he's looking back at life, right? Yeah. Like all the experiences he had. And it makes sense that you would look back on those totally. those major experiences. Like yeah. we talked we talked before about like these moments and slices of life. They are just slices of life and there is the journey in between. But when you look back on it, it's impossible to remember the whole like yeah. four year journey of of university or something like that. For sure. you, you'll never forget your graduation. Exactly. Right? So it's yeah. these these moments where that were so ultra important in his life yeah. that are burned into his memory that are, are he's unable to forget them. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, death is just there. It's it's knocking on his door. And as you get older, more memories fade, but those ones will always stay, right? Those ones where you had big um, emotions attached to the moment. You mm-hmm. won't forget those. Mm-hmm. So maybe now that he's getting older, like those are the only moments left in his mind or what we just read in this book. Like maybe those are the only things he really remembers. Maybe his mind's going a bit and Mm -hmm. this is all he actually can remember. But still, he's dying at the end because that's what's on his mind. Yeah. And his mind is going. Yeah. As we get into the next chapter. That's where I think... Tenth and final chapter. Yeah, that's where I think things really tie together. This was... Yeah, this was the best. This is the this key. This is the best chapter. This, like, chapter this chapter is one of the best comic books I've ever read. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, this chapter is incredible. I mean, this whole thing is, but... It's amazing that each of these, they're so solid as standalones. So good. Uh, any any one of these, yeah. I'd love to have just as a single issue yeah. and, you yeah. know, have it in the bookcase. But you put all these together, this is... It's it's exceptional, an exceptional book. Is so... This, is this your favorite of all time? This is my favorite of all time. This is my yeah. favorite comic of all time for sure. This will be top. This is top three for me. Yeah, for sure. This is it's an incredible read. It's 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 as good the second third time as it was the first time. Yeah, it's, just, it's so it's so great. Uh, but yeah, we haven't even finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get through this final chapter. Let's get this chapter done. Because this one's crucial. out of this studio. This one's crucial. Um, well, for sure, it's crucial. Uh, I'm gonna jump a couple pages in if that's okay. You go ahead. Okay, so a couple pages in. Um, we get that Braz does have brain cancer. So that was what his death was back in the chapter he wasn't in, was that he had to do, he had to go into um, emergency surgery because he had a brain tumor um, and then died in surgery. So here uh, we have him at age 76 and he says the tumors are back. So that was probably successful. He probably did have to go into surgery when he was gone. It was successful. And it was successful. Because it was 30 years ago. Because now, yeah. And so that actually happened. But now it's been come back. And he's 76 and he's saying, I don't want to do the treatment. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. Yeah. This is, this is I don't want to live my last days. I'm 76. I don't want to live my last days like that. I'm okay to just kind of let it take me now. Well, I love what he says too. Because the doctor's like, well, if you don't get treatment... Yeah. You're going to start forgetting things. You're going to start getting headaches. You're going to start falling over. He's yeah. like, I'm 76 years old. I already get headaches. Yeah. I already forget things. I already fall over. Totally, yeah. He's like, what's, how, how different is that going to yeah. be from how, how I'm living right now? Exactly. So it's like, not going to make it. me any better. Forget like it. He's like, I already lived a good life. Yeah. I don't need more. I don't need more of these years. So he's accepted his fate. He's accepted. Yeah. He's accepted that he is going to die. Um, And so then he... He kind of realizes in his, his trek home that uh, the, the, the idea of home is just your family. It's just it can go with you. It travels with you. It can be anywhere. Yeah. It's just the people around you and the feeling you get from those people. So he's kind of in this like trek home kind of accepting that like, okay, I'm, I'm going to die soon and I just got to 
make the best of the time I have left. Um, so he goes home, tells his, tells his wife that he's, it's back and he's refusing treatment. And she, you know, tears up and they embrace and, you know, say that they love each other. Um, yeah, she doesn't try to fight him on it. She no. doesn't try to say, you know what, you are getting treatment. You have to get rid. It's, it's, get rid it's of kind this. of it's kind of amazing. Just, yeah, yeah, it is amazing. She it's, she accepts it. She embraces him. She she cries, but yeah. she doesn't fight him on it. It's another number of panels where it's no talking, just yeah. looks and tears and it's hugs. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Um, then his son's over. He talks to his son. Um, his son's doing well. His son's moving into father's house. Um, he kind of sees a little image of his uh, dad smoking in the in the yard because his doctor did tell him he's going to have hallucinations probably. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so that is happening. It's not really bugging him. He just can see that. Um, his son's in a good spot. Yeah, his son's doing good. Yeah. Could, uh, wouldn't hurt him to get on a treadmill every once in a while. But other than <laughs> Maybe, that, yeah, he that could, he's doing good. He's eating well. Yeah, yeah, he likes his food. Yeah. Yeah, so then... As he's leaving, he says, oh, yeah, uh, that that copy of your book that's been on dad's desk or that's been on grandpa's desk. Um, I actually opened it up because we were cleaning. We were cleaning things out. I actually opened up and there's a note inside of it for you. And he was unable to give it to him because that was the day he died. That's right. So he wrote this note. He wrote a note. He put it in the book yeah. in his study and had a heart attack. Was just never able to. Yeah. To was give it? it to his son. Yeah. Um, this is an incredible moment if you could think about it this. It is, yeah. It that is. your your parent who passed away wrote you a note right before they passed away, and you haven't seen it for thirty years. Yeah. Um, so he just sort of he just hugs his son right away. Like this is this is a, a great moment for him. He probably didn't feel like he was able to say goodbye to his dad in a way that he wanted. He's probably very busy at that time. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes to, he says, I'm going to go read the note. And the note uh, crushed me. I could not oh, handle the sure. note. The note was incredible. I, I, I have read, the, just, this you, is the fourth or fifth time I've read this book. Cried at this note this time. Like, you know what's so good about this? Is it's so well written. It's amazing. Because his father in the book is such a successful writer. For it's sure. Like, it's so, it makes so much sense. And it it's so... Yeah beautiful that they did it like this yeah it's like this is the best writing in the book for sure is this excerpt from his father yeah the successful writer it makes it's, sense it's so we good. finally get yeah. something from his father you right? but you get like how yeah excellent his father was and yeah. how you could be in that shadow and feel overshadowed by this guy totally like he's such a in the book in in his younger years he's like such a cool guy like totally yeah. Good looking, good looking dude, yeah. mustache, smokes, very confident. And then he's super successful. His writing is tremendous. Yeah. And then we finally get a small piece of it at the very end. And it's killer. It's killer. It's the, like you said, it's the best writing in the book. It made me cry. Like, yeah, for sure. It's, he, he basically tells his son cause he's writing it to him and he wants to give it to him on that day that he had a kid, which was the day right. that he died. So yeah. he wasn't able, so to, give it to able him. to give it to him, but he's basically telling him, this is the most important day of your life because you're having us, you're having your first child. And now your life is no longer about you. It's about your child. Everything you do is now for your child. You can rip up that checklist that you've been making all these years yeah. because it doesn't matter anymore. It's, it's out the window now. It's out the window. All you are doing and your only job is to get your child to a point where you feel that he doesn't need you anymore. 
Yeah. Because you're going to be gone one day. Yeah. And you have to be, you have to have your child set up that he can handle that. You want him to be set up so that you feel like when you die, yeah. he's prepared to live without you. Yes. That's what he's saying. He's like, you want that, you want your son to be, your son or daughter, in this case, son, but you want them to be self-sufficient, right? You yes. don't want to die thinking, oh, I didn't do enough and they're not going to make it. Like, yes. They need to be sufficient and then it's okay if I die because they're capable. Yes. And, and they, they can handle it. One of, one of the things in that letter, I don't want to, I don't want to read that letter. I know. Because anybody yeah. that wants to read the book after maybe hearing this podcast, I'd, I'd highly recommend reading it still. Like Definitely. we have unfolded this story for book. you, but I will never want to stop reading this. And there's so much, so much more in there that you can pull out. Yeah. Every uh, read, you'll pull out something. Yeah. Different. It's, it's again, it's all the stuff that we weren't able to get into. That's yeah. like the, the lifeblood of this book. It's so good. But I'll just I'll pull a small part, a yes. small part out of it. Um, he says only in the letter. It says only when you accept that one day you'll die can you let go and make the best out of life, mm -hmm. and that's the big secret. That's the miracle. Yeah. He actually he does go on to say your life is out of your hands now, just like mine has been since the day you were born. Right. And he's writing this letter to his son because this is the day he feels. That he's ready. That his son's ready. That's right. His that he son, can let go. He says, I can die now. Yeah. Because you're ready. Which is, then he dies he right after that. immediately dies. It's... It's incredible. It's poetic. It's so powerful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that, that so happened. Good. And Braz now, talking to his son, who his son is now set up in a home. His son's now on his own. He's now ready. Yeah. He reads this letter and he goes, I'm also ready to die. Because I'm not... I'm not afraid of it anymore mm -hmm. because i know my son will be okay without me but but this is this letter was what he was missing for all these years for sure was if he had gotten that you know 30 years ago yeah that's why this is the end of the book yeah because you don't get any more of these memories that he dies at the end of mm -hmm. because he doesn't fear that anymore this is the first chapter where i wasn't waiting for him to die anymore I didn't want it to happen. Yeah. All the other ones, other than the first couple where you don't really understand what's happening, you're kind of looking for it. You're like, oh, how's it, how's it going to happen this time? And in this chapter, as I was reading it, I was just thinking, man, I know it's coming yeah. and I, I don't want it to happen now. Yeah. I don't want to know how he, how he dies. I don't, yeah. I don't want him to die. It's just too good. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't actually die. Well, no, that's the thing. So yeah. he's in bed. Yeah. He's in bed writing in his notebook. Um, and he kisses his wife and he says he's going to go to the beach for a minute. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice night out. So he goes out there, he lights some candles and he throws some flowers into the water. Yeah. So I saw this as, uh, offering of sorts to Lamanja again, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Not sure why he felt necessary to do that or, but it was some sort of offering, right? He yeah. was doing something. And, uh, as soon as he does that, a shooting star passes by. Yeah. So, well, you know, she does say, when you're ready to come to me, bring a gift. Yeah, bring something so beautiful. She's said. actually like, I'm ready to come. Yeah, bring something pretty or something beautiful. Yeah. yeah, And he's like, okay, I'm ready to come. I have yeah. flowers. Yeah, so he goes into the water, yeah. wades into the water, yeah. throws some flowers in. And um, it's it's right at that point when he's in the water that he finishes his father's right. note. So yeah. he's reading his father's note as he's the chapter. This, yeah. And at the end, when he gets into the water, throws the flowers he's standing there in the moonlight yeah 
and finishes the letter. Last thing we read is a portion of the letter when the book ends. Yeah. So I thought that was so beautiful that this is the first chapter where we don't see him die. Yeah. Right. We're expecting him to die. And it's the first one where we don't, we don't get that. We don't get you that. He doesn't have to die. Yeah, just, it ends like. We don't get an obituary at the end. No, there's no obituary. It's just he, yeah. he's in the water and it ends. And yeah. I, I loved that ending. Yeah. It was great. Because it's not about the death, right? It's about the life he lived. That's right. It's not about Yeah, it's not death. about, yeah. We don't need nothing... him to die there because no. that wasn't what it's about. No. Even though that's the part of it, that's the last page, yeah. right, that he's referencing before. He's like, when you get to the last page... Then you'll know. Then you'll know. Yeah. Right? You'll know what but the it's... book's about and you'll know if it's good. So it, the book is about life and death. That's what's in the book. Yeah. But, but when you get to the last page, you know the book is about life. Yeah. Right? Death is a part of it, but the book is about living. It's yeah. about life. It's about these experiences that you're going to take with you to the end, right? Yeah. It's about the things, yeah, the experiences, making sure you're in the moment for every part of it and making sure that you've put everything sort of into what you're doing. Like what you do is special. We started with this quote from Fabio Moon and let's uh, let's do it one more time just yeah. as, we, as we come to wrapping this up. But he said, every reference, every photo, every color, and every character, everything was made to try to reproduce feelings. A feeling that you were alive, happy, lonely, afraid, or in love. We wanted that feeling that life was happening right there in front of every one of us. And we were living it. And we did live it. And sometimes we die to prove that we lived. Right. So... I think that sometimes we need to die to prove that we lived. Um, I think as an obituary writer, that is why Ross is kind of thinking of these moments in his life. And in his mind, as that writer of, of writing about sort of big moments when you die, he's thinking back to all oh, that time where I realized that like I'm in my dad's shadow and that maybe I don't need to be do that. I can be my own man. Um, like if I died in that moment, what would they write about me? What could I write about myself? Did I, have I proved that I lived yet? And then when you get to the next thing that he thinks about and he thinks about making eye contact with his, um, next to be wife and he, he's made the decision that he, he wants to marry her and then he dies. It, if they wrote about me then, could they encapsulate my life? Like, or have I done anything yet? Um, and I think that's sort of what he's, as he's sort of has these brain tumors, and he's thinking about his life and things get sort of um, either things get confusing in his head or whatever it is. I think he in these moments, he's thinking about what if I died then? Is my life complete? And the answer is no, mm. because he hasn't done, he hasn't reached that point yet. He hasn't read that letter of his father's yet. He's mm. not ready yeah. until he reaches that point and reads that letter. Yeah. So I think he was, I think that's what it was. He was thinking back on those moments and wondering if though I could have died in that moment. I ran across the street without looking, mm -hmm. but nothing happened. Mm -hmm. But I could have. Would that have been okay for my life? Yeah. I love that outlook on it. Yeah. That everything was his memory, yeah. his dreams until that final chapter, and that yeah. was the only that was current. That year was current. Everything else had already happened. Yeah. And we're just flashing back to all that. I think it's all flashback. It's all him thinking. Just at the 
it was either at the beginning of that final book or the end of the ninth book they they say something about all that matters now is this next chapter there's some sort of comment about that it's really weird it's the beginning of the ninth chapter the beginning of the ninth which is all a dream it's a yeah dream but it says this is now real it says like this is now it basically telling you like okay now we are really telling the story and it's all a dream yeah which is very interesting but it's him it is his dream right Mm -hmm. so it, it it's it's the setup of okay they set you up in the in the issue and then it just goes you know crazy and you're like well that can't be real but it it's him dreaming that in that moment yeah so after struggling many times over trying to figure out what i thought this book meant and trying to put things together and how does this fit with this i mean i think we're i think we i think we've got it yeah i think you know the what you're what you're talking about with this you know the last chapter kind of being being the story and him thinking back to these previous moments and we've talked about um you know these are moments that you would remember nearing death you'd be looking back at these wonderful moments um even though the they're bad ones, even though there's some bad ones like his yeah the whole jorge story it's terrible yeah there's definitely something you would not forget yeah but again I, I kind of struggled with how that all how that would fit into it yeah um and it was after it was after i had read i've read the book two times but i've read the the final two chapters about three times beyond that yeah and i realized as i'm struggling for to figure this all out as soon as the book ends the very next page explains it all that i had never read it before it's um i don't know if it's gabrielle or fabio mm-hmm. writing it mm-hmm. but they there's a paragraph there yeah and there's a picture yeah and i'm going to read you what this paragraph says because this this closes everything for me it closes the book it puts everything into perspective and any loose ends that there were are gone for me out of this so it says these were the first drawings i made to try to explain that above all this would be a story about quiet moments it would be about what you can tell from somebody's eyes an exchange of looks a smile many other sketches were made and many sketchbooks were filled in order for us to take that trip until we came to that last page on the ocean every drawing was one step on our journey and if we did everything right Hopefully you were able to follow our steps and come along for the ride. We had made a plan, a roadmap we would follow, but soon enough we realized that some days we would have to follow a different path and some stories took a turn to unexpected places, happy accidents. So I think they had a plan for this book, but ultimately it took them on a journey or a path. Interesting. And there were things in there that I don't think they had foreseen being in there, Mm. Or even felt ultimately fit with the theme, but they were in there and they liked how they fit and they liked how they worked. They were happy accidents. Like life, right? Like Mm. some things don't seem like they fit, but it's, it's, it's unpredictable, right? They were set out and had a plan, but like life, it it changed through them curveballs. It changed. So I was looking for all this meaning when there wasn't any. Right. Really, to, I mean, there is some to find, but ultimately, finding that perfect, complete yes. story is not there. I agree because yeah. they didn't they didn't write it that way. Yeah, right. They wrote it. Things changed as they went, and new yeah. new ideas came, and they probably got rid of other ideas. 
And it just became what it became, ultimately, right? It is what it is. And all the things that we appreciate while we're reading it along the way, that's what they wanted. That's right. They, they wanted us to appreciate those looks and appreciate those moments and connect with these points in life. When we get to the end, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter what the deaths at each, no. at each chapter meant. It was just trying to tell you that death is a part of life. Just like these big moments can happen in your life, death is a big moment for other people. Like, yeah. your death is going to be a big moment for other people. That's mm -hmm. going to be one of their chapters in their books, yeah. is you dying. Mm -hmm. So, it's just a part of it. And it's, yeah, it, it's really more about the pages we're reading. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about that, what are we trying to say with this book? What are we digging into here? And yeah. I think I agree with you. I've read this, uh, I've read this a couple times thinking, what's the, what do we get to? How can we... How can we figure out this book and unravel it? And every time I get to the end, it's more like, well, about I just enjoyed my journey. Mm -hmm. Is it really even about anything? Yeah. And then the next time I go to read it, I'm like, okay, well, this time I'm going to get it. Yeah. I just think, oh, I haven't got it yet. I mm -hmm. haven't, I haven't totally figured it out. Yeah. Um, but it's more about, like they said, every word, every panel, yeah. every color, it's all there to make you feel. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to touch briefly on the art. Uh, fantastic art it's so exceptional so good i love their style it's actually a style that i i like myself when i when i do art it's yeah. um heavy black outlines oh yeah so yeah. lots of people don't like that but um the characters are bordered with a heavy black outline mm -hmm. and buildings and everything else are that's how i like to draw yeah i really like sure. that some people like no black outline no black outline would be more realistic but i, right. I like the heavy black outline i like it a lot as well their color theory in the book is exceptional the so, colors are—it's fantastic. I was look—I was looking at their their colors mm -hmm. and page one. They basically utilize three color theories in this book. Okay. So they utilize something called complementary colors, mm -hmm. which is if you have a color wheel, which I have here to show you, but nobody else can see this. But anybody listening, if you want to check out a color wheel, just Google it. So let's say we have a wheel of the colors. Yeah. You've got blue right here. A complementary color to blue is something on the complete opposite spectrum, which is orange in this case. Okay. So if you use blue, naturally orange in the drawing is going to um, be the best fit. So page one, if you look at page one, yep. you're going to see them using complementary colors. Yeah, totally. What are the two colors that they have? Is it like a purple and a green or, or something like that? What are the two colors on page one? On this one here? Or no, no. Maybe before that. This one? Oh, you know what? It must be different in the, the digital copy I have. Your page one must be different. Anyways, Maybe, yeah. anyways uh, they also make use of analogous color. Analogous color is using, um, on the color wheel, mm -hmm. colors that are next to each other. Okay. In one way or the other. Yeah. Within roughly three to five spaces. So if you were using, if you chose blue as one of your colors then you would go to the darker side of blue, like blue-violet, or you'd go to the lighter side of blue, blue-green, right. and kind of continue moving. So you could have blue, you could have right. blue-green, you could have green. Yeah, and that's like that, stuff, that page right, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Neat. So there's that. So they do that on page two. Yeah. Page one, on, oh, the, dig okay. on the digital yeah. version, yeah. page one is complementary, page two is analogous. Okay. And page three is something called triad, 
which is if you take your color wheel, it's a triangle. So you take your blue. Oh yeah. Then you got yellow here, and right. you got red to make okay. a triangle of color. Yeah. And that's just another another color theory. That one right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. In the first three pages, they introduce three different color yeah. theories that they utilize throughout the whole book. The rest yeah. of the book is essentially these three color theories utilized in different scenarios. Right. And then there are some pages that are just kind of dull and don't have a lot of color, but they use those for But they effect. lay it out right at the beginning. Yeah. One of each. Just like that. Just yeah. page one, two, yeah. three. This is what we're doing with color. Yeah. I, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was so neat that they totally. would do that. And so intelligent and... Yeah, I mean, these guys are such color, great artists, such great writers. Yeah. The colors are so great in this book. Like, they just, yeah. they definitely convey the feelings you are supposed to get out of it, which is yeah. exactly what they want, right? Um, I find that a lot with when you use complementary, where you use one color and then you use the color opposite to it. Yeah. You get it a lot with their kind of... Um, sunsets and stuff like that yeah, or like the, the plane crash yeah everybody's wearing blue in that yeah right? yeah exactly and there's just orange flames everywhere yeah. yeah yeah just makes everything pop okay so uh let's uh go to our segment do our segments here segment time so okay. remind rewind remind rewind in honor of day tripper this segment is now deceased. <laughs> I think I hate it. I'm killing it. What a twist. Ten times over. What a twist. Rema- I'm Rema- hitting it with Rewind a truck. Dies. I'm electrocuting room. it with a kite. I'm drowning it. It's done. I don't I don't think I don't I don't we don't need it. We can hey. just say, hey, what does this book remind you of? We don't need a formal segment for it. So we tried it for the first few episodes. It's dead. Sorry folks, it's gone. All right. If you have segment ideas, feel free to share them with us. Or if you want to write an obituary for Remind Rewind. Yeah. Oh, I should have done that. Yeah. I should have written an obituary. <laughs> Maybe I'll write one and edit it in. Okay. It would be short, though. It'd be like, this segment struggled in life <laughs> and its ultimate success is in death. It is. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, but uh, what we can do now, then, is is what if... Dean, I'm just going to throw this right to you. Okay. Why don't you hit us with a what if? Okay, I've never come to one of these with a what if, uh, but this one I did. Perfect. And we know nothing about Bra's book. No, it's um, called, uh, what is it called? Silken Eyes? Yeah, Silken Eyes. Silken Eyes. It could be because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered about his book. But my what if uh, is what if we are reading Bra's book ah. because every single one of these text boxes that aren't dialogue aren't first person. They're a narrative. Mm. It is, it is always talking about a person. It's always talking about him and what he's feeling in that moment. It's not from wow. his mind. I was thinking, what if the text boxes that we are reading are his book? And that's why it was so successful. That's why everyone was connecting to it and felt like they knew him. Because I feel like I know Braz right now. Yeah. If I saw him on a plane, if I was a character in this book and I saw him on a plane after reading this, I would go talk to him about these things. Yeah. Like we're friends already. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 
Well, I'd say what if is what if what would happen is it would blow my mind like it just did. <laughs> <laughs> I love Done. that. I love that. Because, yeah. yeah, there was no explanation about anything that happened. They just kind of had that had his book in it, yes. had his book make an appearance. I think that's great. And that's this is the first cool time idea. I've realized that those text boxes aren't aren't in his mind like they are they aren't self-reflection so what are these text boxes like just Just throughout the book the narrative throughout the the book yeah not anything that's not dialogue yeah is is narrative like it's talking about what's happening it's not him thinking oh why did i talk to my wife that way on the phone right it says bras wonders why Mm -hmm. he answered that way to his wife oh yeah could be uh i think yeah now, I don't know how Silken Eyes, the title of it, plays in. I don't know either. But... And also, it would have to have been... Because he wrote it when he was 38, right? Yeah. So it would be about everything that happened before that. Right. I'd like to reread the book just reading those... For sure. Those quotes. Yeah. Those quote bubbles. That's, a, that's great. You haven't come to a podcast with a what if yet, but I feel like it was just because you were saving, all saving it for this up for that yeah. one. And now I'm retired. You can come up with all the <laughs> other done. ones. You're done. <laughs> no, that's a lie. I have one for the next. No, you're, you're on, out. you're on the line for the next. What if as well? Yeah. I love that. What if that's great. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great. All well, right. we've, uh, I think we've exhausted day tripper. Yep. Yeah, we've exhausted all my sweat glands. As yeah. Well. I have no more sweat in my body. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Quite frankly, the studio is starting to smell a little bit. So I think let's wrap this <laughs> one up. That's on me. Oh, that's you. That's <laughs> on me. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.